You are tuning in the Nordic Growth Show, the podcast that lets you learn more about startup stories and growth hacking tips from the Nordic growth hackers, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I, Alina, and Janne are the hosts of the show. Today on the show, our guest is Artu Huyanen. He's built a successful sales career in strategic business-to-business solutions, holds the title of champion in Finnish Championship of Public Speaking, and has found a solution for many businesses out there, the Super App. Hi, Artu. Thank you for joining us today. Is there anything you'd like to add to the titles, or it sounded just about right? I think that that's that's quite a good introduction, and thanks for inviting me to the show. Thank just wanted to make sure that my main 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 job nowadays is to be the CEO of the company, so that mostly takes most of my time, but. The other titles are quite nice also. Quite nice, good. <laughs> good to know. So before we jump into SuperApp, can you tell us how you found your way to entrepreneurship? Has it always been something you knew you'd be doing? Uh, I first became an entrepreneur when I was studying in technical university. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, found, I found it interesting approach to try because when you're uh, studying and thinking that what you would do as a summer job, I found uh, being entrepreneur quite risk-free way to try uh, to start and try, and I really like it. Um, I continued to do it a couple of years until a company called M Files hired me, and they wanted to hire me not just buy my services. So I had I quit my uh, company and started to work for them. But the last four or five years now, I have been an entrepreneur also, like as, as a side job. And uh, now nearly two years I have been entrepreneur in SuperApp. So uh, for me, it was just first trying and then I fell in love with it and been keeping it in my life since then. So how is being an entrepreneur as a side kind of hobby? Isn't it still stressful with your everyday job to keep it up? Well, I'm I'm a side entrepreneur at the moment in addition to being full-time entrepreneur. So oh, wow. it depends what you do. Uh, my side side business was focused for public speaking services mm-hmm. and uh, real estate investments. So mm-hmm. both of, uh, speaking is something I really like to do. So I felt it more like a hobby than a business. And a real estate uh, business is not that transaction heavy. You don't have to do so many things every day. It, it, uh, once per month, you usually uh, reserve a couple of hours to handle all the things and that's it. Oh, okay. So how is your time management? I guess it has to be really good to juggle all this responsibility, let's say this way. Yes, it is. Um, I have tried a lot of different kind of systems. Nowadays, my favorite one is to, uh, instead of having a to-do list, use your calendar to mark your to-do items directly to your calendar and then do them when they're uh, in the calendar. Mm-hmm. Do you block specific times for specific things or you just around like meetings? No, uh, I block specific time. Ah, that's amazing. I've, I've been hearing a lot of people yeah. now, especially now, talking about the importance of blocking time, even for things like emails and things that are generally in everyday schedule for everyone, but still finding specific time for that. Do you think that helps yeah. a lot? Uh, yeah, for me it has helped because that makes sure that, uh, I don't put emails or anything like that to my calendar. Mm-hmm. But as a CEO, I have a lot of uh, important things I have to make true, even though you feel that there are other things that you should do also. So when I just mark my calendar that on Tuesday, three uh, o'clock, I will do this thing X from three to three and three uh, thirty, then I just stop doing whatever I was doing at that point and then finish the task. And then I'm sure that 
the most important tasks will get done. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like self-discipline, really. What would you say are the necessary um, characteristics that an entrepreneur should have? Well, I think the most important is to be ready to change. Nothing goes according to plans. So you have to be ready to change all the time. And also, even though everything would go according to plan, then the world changes around you. And then you realize that you have to change. Even that. <laughs> so can you talk us maybe, um, is there a specific time you can remember when this characteristic has really helped you? Uh, we, when, when I joined SuperUp two years ago, Uh, the company was doing totally different things. So what we first did, we uh, dropped the biggest revenue source of the company, uh, started our, our own R&D and made massive uh, new hires. So that time was quite change intensive. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it. And how did you manage it from employee side? Uh, I think the most important thing is communication. Mm-hmm. You just have to explain really detailed and uh, often enough why we are doing the changes what is the reason behind them of course you have to tell that what is the change how it will affect people and so on but in addition to that it's important to explain that what is the reason and it's it's make it much easier if the company has a vision if it has a goal it uh, tries to achieve and then that's like a guiding light that we that's the direction we want to go and Mm -hmm. to uh, to achieve that point we have to do these changes we are now running through And how do you make sure that uh, your employees are on the same path as the company has to be? Uh, we have different we have different um, methods for that. Uh, for example, the whole company gathers together once per month, and we have a, like a, we go through everything related to company once per month. And then in that in addition to that, every employee is one to one meetings once per month also. And in addition to that, all the functions have their own meetings at least once per month, some of them nearly every week. And uh, with enough communication, we try to make sure that everybody is on the same page. So there's kind of total understanding thanks to the meetings. And how many uh, employees do you have right now? That... Around 25. Okay, so the once a month kind of meeting is quite big. <laughs> yeah, 25 employees in total. Yeah. So. And how do you make sure that all of them can attend Uh, the meeting because I know the more people, the harder it's it's to find like the uh, time slot for it. Uh, it's every month the first Friday one o'clock, so it's quite easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And we have already marked the meetings until the July. Oh, okay, so well in <laughs> advance planned. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> And how do you manage to make sure that the meeting is as efficient as possible? Uh, we have standardized agenda, and we go through things in standardized way. Therefore, it's much easier for recipients to understand that what's going on. We always go the same things through in the same order. So when you have been there a couple of times, it's uh, really it doesn't take so much effort to follow what's going on. Even though we go through uh, sales, we go through production, we go through platform, and then we go uh, platform. I mean, mean our own R and D, uh, and then we go through general uh, like uh, general topics. So it's quite easy to follow, and uh, we also focus for specific things that we find to be the most important for the whole company and we don't put uh, function specific topics to that co- whole company meeting mm-hmm. those those are the general guidelines we have used to try to keep it as simple and effective as possible and what do you think about meeting minutes is that essential to it as well I, i'm not sure say that every company has their own style i have seen different styles in different companies it depends on the company culture and the way to handle things 
we we use a presentation as the meeting minutes and uh, that's where all the documentation is stored for the people who want to return to them later okay that's pretty good because then you can focus on the meeting and you don't have to think about aftermath kind of of who is going to take the meeting minutes it's going to be done already and uh, what can you tell us more about super how are you guys doing right now what's going to be new and exciting maybe well, maybe the most exciting thing during the last two weeks was that angel investor called Kim Weisanen uh, decided to become our chairman of the board. Oh, wow. amazing. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, thank you. So we have started to work with him uh, related to our strategy already, and we'll keep continuing that work now this late winter and beginning of spring. So now that we have actually touched on SuperApp, can you tell us and our listeners what the SuperApp is? Yeah, so we are a mobile app development company. We do tailored apps for our customers. And what is the thing in us is that we use our own super app mobile app development platform, which is our own R&D has uh, developed. And it's based on uh, uh, components. So it's like application components. And those components can be, for example, Facebook login or credit card payment or anything like that. So we have uh, defined, we have done and we have tested those components already. So when we start to do the actual solution, we have a, we can just uh, plug and play those components together and therefore customers get their apps much faster and higher quality and more cost effective than the uh, market in a uh, standard. So it's like putting together a Lego piece, like Lego pieces, just quite close, yes. Done and just add it on. Yes, so that's the technical part of our uh, differentiation. Another part is our application as a service model, which means that we can uh, provide our customers tailored mobile apps with monthly fee without any prepayment. Because the normal way is that you, let's say that you pay 30,000 euros and you get an app and then you start to use it. But in our case, you could only pay, when you get the app, you start to pay monthly fee. Mm-hmm. And the monthly fee, can you tell us like the range or, or everything depends what kind of add-ons they need? Yes, it depends what kind of a solution you need. The smallest ones start from 300 euros uh, plus then the server costs. But the biggest ones are then, of course, much bigger when you do uh, huge solutions. And what about commitment? So if the user decides, the customer decides that he needs an app... Mm-hmm. And there's this monthly fee. Does that mean that the app still belongs to your company? Uh, so you refer to IPR. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, the IPR belongs to us because we used uh, our own platform and our own components. So, of course, it's not possible for us to give their property rights to someone, some other organization. Uh-huh. But that's how it goes quite often because uh, in Finland we have this IT 2018 standardized uh, agreement template and uh, in that IT 2018 the IPR belongs to the supplier. Liar, yeah. But I think what you're offering is amazing, the monthly. Not all businesses have the advantage of making an app straight away. Yeah, and also the budget to actually fund it. Right? Yeah, and- and most of our apps are help to customers to increase their revenue or decrease their costs. So if we can increase their revenue by, let's say, 10,000 euros per month, and they pay, let's say, 1,000 euros for the app per month, it's much easier for them to start to pay the 1,000 euros per month if they make 9,000 euros profit than if they would pay it, let's say, for example, 35,000 euros prehand. Absolutely. And then manage on their own, right? Exactly. And how did you come to this idea? What was the light of inspiration? (laughs) 
Well, it was. It required a lot of um, strategic thinking. That like going through that how the market is evolving, what is happening over there in the market, what are the customers expecting from future players? It's not. I I told for the co-founders of the company that if I join, then we do things differently than they do in the market in average, and they that they really wanted to do it that way. So we want started to brainstorm, and we noticed that this as a service is it was increasing everywhere. Mobility is nowadays as a service from Wim. Then you can get nearly all the solutions as a service from cloud. So why not tailored mobile apps? And how long ago was it? We implemented this、uh, platform around one year ago, a little bit more than one year ago.、Mm-hmm. We started to do all our projects with our own development platform, and in August we started to sell this application as a service model. So not that long ago. And it's when you say we, it's three of you, right? Yeah. Yes.、Okay. Mm-hmm. Co-founders and me.、Mm-hmm. Great. And if I understand correctly, then you are the sales master of the company.、Uh, yes.、Yeah. I have two roles: CEO and a sales director. I do both of those roles. Both of those. Can you just give us an insight of your daily life, the responsibilities? My daily life is, let's say, that I spend around fifty percent of my time things related to sales or marketing. And、uh, that can include, for example, contract negotiations in bigger cases. That can include、uh, discussion with our marketing partner of what we will do next. And the rest part of the day is usually in various different kind of tasks related to being the CEO of the company. So, for example, in giving interviews for podcasts, like this one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. So, quite a lot of on your plate. Yes, there are some stuff. And of course, strategic thinking is strategic、uh, planning is one of the, my main responsibilities also.、Mm-hmm. And then, when we look back at what you said about the entrepreneurship, that that's something you started already quite a while ago and found yourself really loving it. How is that with the sales? So, as an entrepreneur, everyone has their own strengths, right? And yours is the、mm. sales process. How did you find the sales process your thing? I found sales quite early on my career. When、mm-hmm. I started study in university,、uh, I was looking for a job, and that time、uh, it was not that easy to find、uh, jobs. It was two thousand and seven, so you know what happened two thousand、uh, during that time, and、uh, it was extremely difficult to find jobs. Many of my friends who also started to study at that autumn, they worked in、uh, shops. Or as salespersons, or they work in some、uh, trash center as、uh, like piling trashes and something like really, di- really、uh, different kind of jobs. So I decided to figure out what would be a job that could help me in the future, also after graduation. And、mm-hmm. then I found an、uh, an ad for about company who looked for salespeople, and they said that you don't need to have previous sales experience; that that you can come. They train you, and you can try if it if it suits for you. And、uh, since the first gig I did, I really loved the sales. I liked the interaction with people and tried to find ways for them to get benefits from whatever I was selling.、Mm-hmm. So it was quite quick fall in love for、uh, sales for me. Uh, from the beginning. That's amazing. So you said that it ca- it came naturally to you. Was there also training that helped you with that? Yes, more than one hundred read books,、uh, <laughs> dozens of different kind of seminars,、uh-huh. dozens of different podcast audio books. Yes, it required a lot to、mm-hmm. improve. Of course, I found the、uh, basic idea natural for me, but become a good in sales that required, of course, a lot of effort and a lot of studying. All my、uh, Bachelor thesis was about sales. <laughs> so you really went deep into that. Yes. What would you say that、um, 
a really good salesperson characteristics would be? Well, first of all, he's a good listener because sales is to help customers. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. And if you don't know their situation, their desires, their challenges, it's impossible to help them. So, for example, in our sales team, we have uh, we put a lot of effort for training our people uh, to understand the customer situation and what they are aiming to do. And after that, we start uh, we start to think that how to can we do it with mobile apps or not? If not, then we are not the right supplier for them. We want to solve business problems. We are not going there to just talk technical jargon and tell about some components or platforms or anything like that. If they don't, if there is nothing, we can help them with. So in SuperApp, you have you had this kind of situation that you've turned down the client because you see that there's no value that you can add to their uh, company? Yeah, nearly every week it happens to us. Oh, really? Wow. There are uh, people are looking for some, let's say they are looking for ERP system or CRM system. And mm-hmm. then we just tell that we are not the right uh, provider for you. You should uh, you should go for ready-made solutions or something like that, because getting a tailored mobile app is not the best solution for you. What would you say is the perfect customer for you? For perfect customer for us, mm-hmm. it's difficult to say what that would be, because we can help nearly every organization. We have a lot of startups, we have a lot of middle-sized companies, and we also have quite a few international corporations in our clients so it's difficult to say what would be the perfect customer but it's more that is is the solution they are looking for that's where i can more easily name what would be the perfect for us okay go for it Uh, mostly we aim for solutions that can help to increase the, the revenue and usually that is somehow related to the customer interface. So we try to make it easier for customer to buy, uh, to order, easier for the company to communicate with the customer or to serve the customer or increase the customer experience. Another really good use cases for us are internal processes. Uh, we see a lot of internal processes that are really old-fashioned and they, are, they involve paper, Excel sheets or whatever that you have to put information to uh, manually to different places and then someone move them forward. And a lot of people are involved to process that does not add any value to anyone. Also, it's uh, quite common, common to be limited to the systems that work only well with computer. So there are nowadays people are moving a lot. Uh, many of our clients are all the time uh, from moving from a place to another. They can be sales guys, they can be project managers, or they can be construction site workers, mm-hmm. but they are not staying in one place all the time. And in the place they stay, they don't have that easy access to computers. So mobile apps are really useful for those kind of mobile employees. Actually, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening to us and a lot of entrepreneurs are thinking about investors as well. If they are into startups and all that, can you give us like do's and don'ts on finding investors since you just went through all of it and some tips and tricks maybe? Let's say that I'm not the right person to give instructions related to getting financial rounds or anything like that. Because in the what what I just told that Kim Weisner started as chairman of the board and that was the main role. We didn't look for investor. We looked for chairman of the board. Ah, okay. It wasn't investment around. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. I see. So then we can go back to the sales round. So I think the most important dues uh, for sales director or manager is to figure out how the most easy way for your customers to buy from you then create a process that defines it and then train it to your salespeople. In SuperApp, we have a really detailed sales playbook that goes through everything we do in sales from tech- use technologies to strategy to methods 
to tactics. And all of those has been chosen to make it as easy for customers to buy as possible. So I think that's that's one to start to think from a customer viewpoint, define it and train it. And do you also have like, as you said, when you were in school, uh, you joined a business that didn't really require a sales experience. Mm -hmm. In SuperApp, do you also employ people that do not have any background in sales or you usually go more to the experienced ones? All of our sales managers have sales experience. Mm -hmm. Some of them are younger, some of them are older, some of them have longer sales careers, some of them have shorter. But in our sales recruitment process, I never ask CV. I don't even want to see it. But sales managers who apply for us, they have one shot in phone to sell them to a meeting with me. And in that, they have one hour in meeting. They can do whatever they want in that one hour. Mm -hmm. And they have that one hour to sell it to me and uh, some of my colleagues that they are really good sales persons and they could succeed well in SuperApp. That's actually a really nice way to look into the recruitment these days. Has there been mm. one that surprised you the most? There have been memorable ones, mm -hmm. some of them in bad ways and some of them good ways. <laughs> oh, I want to hear both of them, like one and one, for example. <laughs> the bad way was there was a guy who talked one hour and ten minutes without uh, asking anything and without us even uh, getting possibility to say anything. So mm -hmm. he talked uh, with 200 words per minute space oh, wow. for one hour and ten minutes. Bless and you! <laughs> Yes, so I I heard his whole life story and his he what he has a lot of things to say, but for some reason he didn't end up to be our employee. I see. Yeah, because I guess the listening part kind of went past him. <laughs> yes, because I, I'm I'm not hiring push salespeople. I only hire pull salespeople. Or push are the ones who just tell you things. Pull are the ones who make you realize that what would be the ways to improve the business. The that good ones uh, have seen really interesting metaphors. For example, some of our current employees had made like different uh, products of himself, like him in work, him in free time, him as a colleague and so on, and explained his experience and personality through those products. So that was a really funny way to, and really innovative way to give a presentation about yourself and your sales skills. Oh, that's really cool. That's actually. interesting, yeah. <laughs> and do they usually come in like just talking <coughs> or some people have prepared some slideshows or something like that? People who have hired, they have really put effort for it. They, had, they have thought it through. They have uh, made tailored presentation and uh, they have really thought that what would be the value they would provide for SuperApp. Then there are people who just come there and talk, start to talk or they don't have any presentation and they don't have any structure what they are telling. They're just go around. So and there are big vari uh, variety in those. And has both of them styles succeeded or you rather no. would like to have person to be prepared, right? Yes, because uh, I tell in the booking call that they have the opportunity to book the meeting. If they are good in phone, I give them a one hour and I tell them to, I recommend them to prepare well and think that how they use the time because that's how it goes in real time, real life. You have one hour with customer. If you don't succeed in that one hour, then you have lost your chance with that customer. Would you say that in that one hour, the first minutes 
are quite big for impression. Uh, for impression, yes, but not for the whole result. I count everything in that one hour. That's good. That's a bit different than I've been hearing the first 10 seconds <laughs> make your impression. That's it. Now, that's good that you give them an hour to really get into details and see how well prepared someone is. Has there been a time when someone comes and they're the first half an hour is not as good and they surprise you in the end? Uh, yes, but not strongly enough. Not strongly enough. Nice. Yes, because like I mentioned that if you do 50% of the time, not that well, and uh, then you have, then it, the, the succeed rate starts to be quite low already. But mm -hmm. if you're, if some persons have been just a little bit nervous in the beginning, but quickly won it. And then after that, they have given a beautiful presentation with really good questions and uh, really good sales skills. And in those cases, I have hired them. And what do you think about your team today? Do you think you still need some addition or right now the 25 people is enough? Uh, we are in dire need for senior developers. We need senior developers for our production and for our R&D. Just a couple of weeks ago, we hired one sales manager, one architect, and just uh, made deal with a project manager, but we still need more developers. Wow, so you're growing very quickly. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. The bottleneck is to find uh, good enough people. But I see that you have that process already in place to really filter through the talent that's out there. Yes, but it's really difficult to attract the right persons. Senior oh. developers are quite rare a resource in Finland and in everywhere around the world. Absolutely. So if one of our listeners <laughs> here <laughs> feels like they want to change, for example. Yes. Yes, we welcome all the genders and all the nationalities to our team. Woohoo! Okay, Is your main language English at work? Yes, uh, everything that in if if people two Finns are talking, then of course they can speak Finnish or send messages in Finnish. But either way, if if there is even one non-Finnish speaker, then everything is in English. That's good to know because there are a lot of international talent out there. So. It's good to know that they will be welcomed. Yes, we're just we did the whole market, uh, like the whole websites and everything new uh, in the end of the last year, and now we are translating everything into English in our public site also. So we want, we hope that helps uh, international talents to find us in the future. That's a good idea. And uh, where do you usually find your talent? What's your channels that you reach out to the unemployed? I'm responsible for sales and then my colleagues are responsible for the hires in different other areas. Mm -hmm. I have found my sales managers uh, with videos. I have made three different recruiting videos that were aimed for salespeople. And those were quite popular. For example, my first video got more than, I think, 12, more than 12,000 views in LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Perfect. And uh, thousands, thousands in uh, Facebook and Instagram also. So with that video, I got a lot of potential sales managers calling me and trying to book a meeting. And what did you say in that video? Or did you give them a challenge? Let's say that whenever we make videos, it's not just a video. It, there, there should be some humor and it should explain what is our attitude that mm -hmm. we do things well, but we, do, we, are, we don't have to be so serious about it all the time. I love that. Mm -hmm. A bit different approach. It also probably shows your in-house culture as well, your company culture. How yes, it, it explains working. that also. That's and if good. we're talking about the culture and teams, what about the customer support? So let's say we've got the customer, we've built the app for them, and if they experience any difficulties, can they reach out to you? How's that process? There is always a named person who is responsible of the customer. So the customer has the name, email address and phone number to call in. And that person knows really well their app and their situation. So he, he or she is not then 
the right person to serve the customer. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the deal that they get as a monthly membership. Yes. That's good to know. And is to support business hours or how, how does that go? Yeah, business hours. Good. We are still only 25 employees company, so we are not planning to provide 24-7 support. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> yes. taking care of your employees as well. Allowing them to sleep. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, if we go back a bit, actually, for the sales process, I kind of looked that you have international experience, right? Yes. Can you talk us through that a bit? Has it helped you? I think my international experience has helped me more as my role in CEO because we have mm-hmm. uh, we have different nationalities work, working for us than in sales because at the moment we focus on Finnish market in our sales. Yeah, we have found it easier to master one area first and after that think going to other areas. It's easier to focus all of your marketing and all of your efforts to one market because in Finland there are millions and millions euros of revenue possibilities for mobile apps so there is no need for us to we haven't outgrown finland yet that's for the future yeah (laughs) and then you said that it has helped you as the ceo so can you give a bit more insight on that well uh, we have a habit or we have a process in our company that i will discuss with every employee of the company at least once per year so we have uh, people from asia we have people from uh, russia we have people from uk and so on and every one of them have their own culture of course which affects the way how they tell about good things and bad things what is the way they communicate to their supervisors or in my case to ceo so when you understand about their cultures and hidden factors related to the culture it's much easier to understand what they are trying to say and when you understand what you are they are trying to say you can ask the right questions to figure out ways to improve their working life i would like to know so you done the sales you've done the entrepreneurship and now you're tackling the ceo position which one of them is still closer to your heart i guess ceo is like right now it's more new kind of experiences and challenges but what is still your like top one of those positions i loved sales i have to say it was it was really really <laughs> a nice time of my life now i can do it uh, a while once in a while when we have a new sales manager i go with him or her to the first meetings and to get him up and running. So that's uh, that's what I really love to do still. Would you say that the sales process here in Finland as compared to the sales process where you were, so it was Germany and... And uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. How does it differ? Germany is difficult because it's so big internal market and they use much more uh, relationships in in their sales processes than we do in Finland. Finland is quite business oriented, mm-hmm. so you don't have to know someone to make a deal with him. But in Germany, uh, you have to know someone much more than in Finland. Also, they do more political decisions in Germany. In one case, I was when I was selling in Germany, everything was look everything was looking good, and in some case, my contact person just informed me that they had made a decision somewhere upper the ladder and uh, the whole division will follow that decision and they didn't even have a chance to explain that why the solution I was offering would be much better mm-hmm. because uh, that was a political political decision that was related to some cooperation with some other company. Mm-hmm. Quite bureaucratic. <laughs> yes, it's much more much more than in Finland. And how about Hong Kong? Uh, in Hong Kong, I didn't work that much for companies. I had most. I was mostly working with uh, Finnish companies who had their suppliers in uh, mainland China or in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. or with one Hong Kongese company uh, in their internal 
processes. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? That was quite that was quite interesting to uh, learn a lot about the mindset of people in China and Hong Kong. It's quite different compared to one we have in uh, Finland or in Europe or in North America. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's much more capitalistic. Uh, view how they think about their work. Um, this experience, so working with other companies in uh, different markets, did you learn from the experience, or was there any other source that you used for the experience? Let's say books, podcasts. Uh, I quite much uh, had long discussions with persons I knew to master the topics. That has been always a quite good way to understand things, to find a person who knows much more about the topic and then have a discussions with him or her. So kind of mentoring, just to find a mentor who can steer you to Well, the- not, not, not necessarily mentoring. Mentoring for me means more like a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. while this can be more like ad hoc style that, hey, do you have this week for half an hour to have a Skype call? I, w- I would like to discuss about topics one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And nearly every time people have time to share their knowledge because they know that if they are in the same situation, they can always call me. Okay. That's amazing. Are these people someone you already have known before or are they? Uh, yes. I see. Have you ever approached a person you don't know before? Not in this kind of like asking help, not But of course, in my job, I do it all the time. Fair enough. And how do you keep up with everything that's happening, everything that's evolving, the technology, all the new updates? Uh, we have, I think the delegation is really important. We have shared responsibilities also in our uh, management group. So for example, uh, I'm not that technically oriented person. So our te- uh, CTO keeps really keen eye on technical technological development and give us once per month like summaries that what's happening. So you try to be always up to date. Yes, it's it's nearly mandatory in this this field of business where we are working in because mobile app uh, technologies are developing really fast all the time. And what about entrepreneurship itself? Has it changed throughout the years? I think so. I think so. Uh, both entrepreneurship and uh, sales processes are getting more professional in Finland. I think so. We don't have to go even five years back, and I think most of the companies in Finland didn't even have clearly defined sales process. It was just go and sell. But nowadays, I when I have discussed with like uh, successful entrepreneurs, nearly all of them have really well-defined sales processes and good trainings for their salespeople and so on. But when I started my career, it was mostly like go and sell and learn mm-hmm. while doing it. Before there was no guidelines, really. Just not much. Do and learn, I guess. Do and fail yes. and learn from it, basically. Yes, of course. Of course, there were companies who have had decades, but those were just minority. What about your opinion on entrepreneurship in Finland? I know we touched base some of the points, um, but in general, what would you say? So it's definitely developing. What else we can add to that? I think it's going to the right direction. Uh, it was maybe a little bit overhyped some mm-hmm. years ago. And people who are who should not be entrepreneurs became entrepreneurs, and in those cases, usually didn't go that well. But uh, nowadays, I think that uh, people better understanding entrepreneurship, and they also understanding what it demands, and also what possibilities it gives. And uh, one thing what is has been rising is like this one person entrepreneurs who work remotely. I know already quite many of those who work three to four days per week and they go around the world while working as uh, professionals of something they can work remotely dream job yes (laughs) yes and what about like remote culture in your company yeah we have it 
um, we try to get people to come to office because if you work remotely, you don't have casual encounters mm -hmm. with your colleagues where you share ideas and you can find something cool, totally uh, new and cool. So, but if someone wants to work remotely, it's totally okay. Some of our most experienced employees, they work a lot of time from their summer cottages, for example. Nice. <laughs> so meeting in the middle. Yes, but that's why both our offices, we have one office in Helsinki and one in Lahti. They are as central location as possible to make it easy for anyone to come there with public transportation. So that would not, never be a problem to come to an office because it should be so easily approachable. That is a good point because usually if you have to travel an hour or more, then the motivation to do that is really low if you have the chance to just work from home. Yes. Uh, so uh, what are you saying is that actually the middle ground is the best to give them options, but also, as I understand, meeting in the office is really good for brainstorming and innovation. Yes, and the human relationships still require face-to-face -face connection. Yeah. I'm quite sure about it. That if you work in a project, let's say that uh, there is a project manager and two developers, for example, it's really good that they are in the same uh, same office and they can go to have face-to-face -face discussion about if they uh, about the project. And uh, two developers can easily look from the same screen, go to have a lunch, then just quit thinking about the job for a while and talk about whatever their free time free time uh, interests are, and then going to go back to work with refreshed mind but if you work in home alone i think it's much more difficult to do those kind of refreshment it's harder than to like kind of switch off the job and rest a bit mm. Okay, uh, it's been really interesting to hear your journey and about SuperApp. We would like to know what would be the takeaways you would like our listeners to gain from this conversation. How to summarize one hour of discussion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where we touch basically upon everything. <laughs> All your life journey. Kind of. Yeah, uh, what I would tell to your listeners, if I understood correctly, there are a lot of people who are not yet entrepreneurs, but think about it. Then I would encourage most of the people to try them. That if you're ready to handle the uncertainty, then I don't see any reasons why you wouldn't become entrepreneur. Because uh, uh, uncertainty is the only thing that could be a no-go for a person to become an entrepreneur. I know people that cannot handle uncertainty and they should never become entrepreneurs, but everyone else should really consider this career choice. Perfect. We ended on encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> a good positive note. So where can we learn more about you? Where can we follow you? What are the next steps for you and SuperApp? You can find SuperApp in most social medias, LinkedIn. Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. and th those are also the best ways to follow us. I can be found from the same medias also. And so what is next for you and SuperApp? Can you share with us some kind of exciting news maybe or it's still in the works? It's still in the works, let's say it this way. <laughs> Okay, that's great to hear. And we encourage our listeners, if you are a senior developer, then for sure reach out to SuperApp because they need you. And yes, thank we you need. so much uh, for your knowledge and your time. And hopefully we'll hear about you and SuperApp really soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. That's a wrap for this episode of the Nordic Growth Show podcast. On behalf of Orbit team, I'd like to thank you all for joining in with us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at Growth to know what we're up to. If you have any questions or requests, feel free to contact us via social media as well as email. We'd love to hear from you. 
So, until next time at the Nordic Growth Show.